Going down the middle, open! And it is caught for a touchdown! What a comeback! Juju Smith-Schuster puts the Steelers ahead! Juju Smith-Schuster doesn't just dance on logos. He could score a touchdown here then, too. Did that, and a big one in Week 16 for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Massive come behind, uh, come from behind win, Marcus. We thought that team was dead. We'll talk about that, and we'll talk about other big games here. Week 17, somehow. I have no idea how we made it. It's gone way too fast. Welcome in Game Day Podcast. Adam Kramer, Marcus Mosier. Follow me at Kegs and Eggs. Follow Marcus, Marcus underscore Mosier. A reminder, you can find this podcast everywhere. You get your podcast, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, et cetera. Uh, Marcus, how are you doing? How's the sleep cycles going? The eyes, you look fresh. Are you feeling as fresh internally as you look? Uh, no, I've had a lot of help from uh, some from folders over the last couple of days. So if you want to sponsor the show, folders, we're, we're here for you. <laughs> yes. Co- yeah, this is a big coffee podcast for sure. So, uh, yeah, we will talk about week 17. We'll get into the matchups. Uh, we've got some huge games. Marcus, we also have some weird games. This is always a tough yeah. week when it comes to sitting players. It's a really tough uh, gambling week. Historically, it reminds me of college, right? Of guys sitting out bowl games and who's playing, Mm -hmm. who's not. So we have a little bit of that. We will talk about the Patriots. Maybe write the eulogy for them as a Jets fan. I've been waiting to do this for literally 20 years. Maybe not. We'll debate their future. We'll talk about awards. We'll talk about everything else. Uh, But let's start with the results. Marcus, I finally had a losing week. It has been a while. Mm. One and three for me. Two and two for you. Uh, Twenty-three and fifteen for me on the year. So feel solid. Twenty-six and twenty-two for you. Anything jump out about week sixteen? Which which felt like, by the way, it spread over like well, it did over like five or six days. It felt like a long one. Yeah, I want to just pat ourselves on the back. You know, to start with the Colts and Steeler game, right? We we both saw this coming. Everybody was down on Pittsburgh going into this game. They thought they were going to get killed by Indianapolis. And in the first half, you would have been right. And then in the second half, Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers, they come out firing. They win this game over your beloved Phillip Rivers. Uh, and now they've won the AFC North. Uh, they're going to be rest- resting players in Week 17. So kudos to us for getting that one right. Yeah, it was pretty much the only one I got right, and I needed some help. That was a, that was a good It was a weird week. It was, it was a weird week. It was a really weird week. You had some record-breaking appearance. You had all sorts of stuff. Uh, and, and you just had some bizarre performance. You look at the Jets and the Browns with the COVID. But I think my biggest takeaway, like what happened in that Dolphins game, where Fitzmagic comes in, uh, I talked about uh, about it in my winners and losers. The bullpen quarterback is fascinating. Long term, probably not great, and yet, like he pulled the perfect string. And also, the Raiders lost terribly. Like that's a really terrible loss. Yeah, this is just a, a perfect encapsulation of the Raiders season, right? They play so well for about fifty nine minutes of this game. They should win it at the end. But John Gruden just can't trust his defense, so he doesn't score a touchdown to drain the clock. Uh, Gives the Dolphins about 19 seconds with no timeouts left, and yet they get, what, a 40-yard bomb down the field plus a 15-yard face mask, and the game's over. So uh, I don't know whether this is a Fitzpatrick thing that we should be talking about or how the Raiders just continue to collapse in December in every game right at the last couple of minutes. By the way, so if you watch college football and you watch the NFL, you had the cure ball going on, right? With Coastal Carolina Liberty, where they tried to run the clock out terribly and fumbled. Uh, Still won. Liberty did. And this going on at the same time, it was probably my favorite like 20-minute encapsulation of football uh, all year. I mean, two really wild and very stupid 
outcomes when it comes to football games. Um, my other thing, Marcus, too, we've talked about it. I think it's going to be a really weird and wild playoff. I think we don't know yeah. who's who's really great. Even the Chiefs in a game against Atlanta uh, seem vulnerable, but maybe they just have this thing in autopilot and do it well. You don't have true home field advantage. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about kind of sleepers and just the flow of what we think is going to happen potentially in the playoffs. I think it could get weird out there, and I'm excited about that. Yeah, the, the no home field advantage thing is kind of weird because typically, let's say Pittsburgh going into the first round of the playoffs, you know, it's cold. The fans are going to be absolutely wild. And now you go into a quiet stadium yeah. against the Steelers team that's been up and down. I don't think a team like the Ravens, you know, should they get in, are going to be afraid of going on the road at all to Pittsburgh. So that's just one example. I think we're going to see that across the NFL uh, I'm excited. I think this is going to be a really fun playoff. Right I'm now. pumped. All right. Well, we will get there. One team that will not uh, be getting there, of course, is New England, the Patriots. Mm. Uh, if you've listened to this podcast, you've watched us, you know I'm a Jets fan. Uh, this is a little bit weird that the Patriots are not in it. You've got Bill Belichick slamming his phone uh, in in probably the most gifable moment, but ultimately the Pats lose to Buffalo 38-9. to um, it was bad, Marcus. It was, it was, it was bad. I thought new England actually could make that game close. And it really brings us to a much larger question. Is the Pats dynasty officially dead? I have very strong thoughts. This team has tormented me, my childhood, my teenager years, my adulthood, whatever. Um, so what, what do you think when you look at the Patriots, where they go and where that dynasty stands right now? I guess it depends on what you're defining as a dynasty Agreed. because it really ended once Tom Brady left, right? Because it's just a totally different team. So yeah, it, it has ended, but does that mean the Patriots are, they're done for the next five, 10 years. They're never going to be a contender again. I don't think that's the case. They had to have one of these years where they kind of reset the, the books in terms of salary cap because they've spent so much money. The draft picks haven't hit. Uh, and now they'll go into the 2021 off season with a bunch of cap space a bunch of guys coming back from opt-outs from the COVID-19 list. Yes, uh, They're going to have a top 20 draft pick. Maybe they'll go up and get their future quarterback. Obviously, they're they're in a rebuilding phase now, but I don't think it's time to just throw dirt on the grave of Bill Belichick and the Patriots. They're going to find a way to be competitive sooner rather than later. Let's throw dirt on it. In fact, give me <laughs> uh, a tractor that I could bring in dirt and pour it on it. Um, no, like this is a cocky jet stand right yeah, now for two back-to-back wins. <laughs> it's, so, it's so sad. My 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 2020 as a football fan is pathetic, and this remains pathetic. No, I, I think I think you're right. You lose Brady, and like symbolically, that's the end. Like I, I think symbolically, yeah. that was it. And um, this the opt-outs you mentioned were a really big deal. I think the big reason why this is the end, though, Marcus, is the rest of the division. Jets, let's exclude the Jets from that, although they're going to probably get a lot better in the next couple of years just because of draft equity. Uh, Miami is going to be pretty good. We'll see what Tua ultimately blossoms into, but probably going to have a, what, maybe a top three pick coming up. Pretty unbelievable to at least get him some weapons. Buffalo looks really good. I mean, I, I mean, Josh Allen's going to be a problem for a long time. That's a young team. It's well coached. It's well run. I think the Jets will get better. Part of the problem I guess part of the Patriots reason that they thrived is because that division has been a dumpster fire mm -hmm. year after year, historically bad competition, at least right now that can change my thing. Uh, I guess I'll ask you this, Marcus, when we talk about, okay, this dynasty being over, 
if you are the Pats, like what is your, what's your blueprint? Do you go get that quarterback? Because as we've seen, you can turn this thing around. You could start something new. I don't think it's going to be a dynasty, but it doesn't take five years to rebuild a football team. You can do it in two or three. Yeah. And it's all about getting that quarterback situation, right? Look at Buffalo. They are the perfect example. They had a really strong defense for the last three or four years, but the quarterback situation was always up in the air and they've tried guys like Tyrod Taylor and, you know, they've had some moderate success, but once they got an elite quarterback and yes, I'm calling Josh Allen an elite quarterback, the, the ceiling of this team completely changed. We know that the Patriots defense is pretty good when they're healthy, they don't have Stephon Gilmore, and that's partly the reason why they gave up so many points to Buffalo. But you would expect that that defense is going to be back to a top 10 level next year. If the Patriots can find that quarterback, whether it's in the draft, whether it's in free agency or via trade, they're going to be right back into this thing. And knowing Belichick and knowing how good he is at scouting and finding and developing players, I'm betting on them finding that franchise quarterback, maybe not this year, but over the next couple of years. It's actually amazing when you think about some of the big draft misses that they've had, uh, looking at wide receivers specifically. I, I, it's kind of sad. I don't think Nikhil Harry is that guy. I thought he could have been that guy. No. I really liked him in college. Does not look like that dude. They've had some big misses, and they were able to thrive even in spite of that which is massive. They've gotten, they've bought low and had some big, you know, diamonds in the rough kind of a situation that I thought they've mm-hmm. developed there. They've picked up guys that maybe were cast off at other teams, but I just think it's going to be a lot harder now. And if we're talking, I want to go back to kind of your original thought, the word dynasty, right? Is this a team that's going to upend the chiefs here in the, in the near term or the long term? And the answer is no. Like when you're talking dynasty now, and I'm not even saying the chiefs are a dynasty yet, I think this is a year where we're going to figure a lot of that out. I think there's more parity. I think you've got more great young quarterbacks. I think being successful um, year over year, like we saw the Patriots did, which frankly was incredible. I mean, it is, even as a Jets fan, I can admit this was an unbelievable run. I think it's going to be really hard to do. So I think that word, we got to talk it away. If the Chiefs win this year, um, and they certainly have a great chance to do that, despite all the weirdness we think could happen, then we start to talk about it. But for the Pats, I'm, I'm more curious what Belichick does. That's a man that looks miserable as he's slumped mm-hmm. over in his post game. He's almost falling out of the video screen. He looks like he's a man just melting on the table. He's always been crusty. He looks un- completely disinterested, unhappy. Do you think there's a chance that he hangs it up after this year? No, because I still still think he has a lot to prove. I think he wants to show the NFL that he's not just a product of Tom Brady. So I do think he's going to stick around for the rebuild. And again, I don't think it's going to be very long. Uh, but I do want to quickly go back to a point that you made about Belichick and the Patriots' success in the division over the last 20 years. It's really the reason why they've you know been able to you know have so many first-round buys is because yes. they just dominated that division. And as I'm kind of sitting here thinking about it, who was the best quarterback that was in their division over the last 20 years? Was it Ryan Fitzpatrick when he was with the Bills? I mean, was it Ryan or the Tannehill Jets. for those <laughs> or the Jets? Was it Ryan Tannehill those couple of years of Miami? I mean, the lack of quarterback success outside of New England has been so bad that it's allowed New England to have some pretty good teams, maybe elevated to 13 and 3, 14 and oh, 2. Man. And then once you get into the playoffs, you have a first round bye, you have games at home. And, you know, they're 50-50 in a lot of these games, and it takes a lot of luck to, to win a Super Bowl, and we've seen them have a lot of luck. So you do wonder how much of their success over the last 15, 20 years was due to just 
incompetency in the division. It sets you up. I, now I'm thinking about quarterbacks. I, I, I like. I'm going back to Chad Pennington, Marcus. Like that. Yeah. That like, is that the guy? I mean, I'm dating myself with with my man Chad, but I that greatest hits list that we should some point put together for the uh, AFC's quarterbacks while Brady was there. And by that, by greatest hits, I mean, most comical errors. It's, it's awful. That's fascinating to think about. And very, very sad. Can I, uh, can I tell you a quick story about Chad? Yes. Yeah. I saw him one time at a theme park and he was doing the, the, you know, the ball toss where you have to hit the milk cartons or the milk jugs. Oh no. Yeah, not it went just about as you thought for Chad Pennington. The arm was never, never very good, and oh. at that point in his career, couldn't get him the knock. He could float so. that thing in there, though, man. <laughs> I mean, that's the best I've had. As as and had a nice little loop yeah. on this for sure. Um, <laughs> well, it'll be interesting, and and yeah, regardless, I am curious to see what uh, the approach is moving forward because I do think getting the opt outs back, uh, the guys that did opt out, will help. But there's mm-hmm. there's a ton, a ton of work to do. Um, transitioning, speaking of a ton of work to do, uh, I think we could say that for pretty much the entirety of the NFC East, Marcus, you are obviously close with the Cowboys. We know the giants, uh, Washington's going to have to figure out an offense to pair with that defense. And Philly has a ton of contract potentially to move in Carson Wentz. So you've got this division that has been historically awful. And we know that one of those teams is going to get a playoff spot. And I actually am fascinated to hear your thoughts on this discussion because there's a little bit of this leaking over to college as well when it comes to automatic qualifiers versus the way we do mm-hmm. it. So very simple, Marcus. And um, should divisions give – Should really, we have divisions, I guess, and should they get an automatic spot regardless of what division you are? We, we, we talked about this a little off-air. This is not something that necessarily surfaces every year, but when it does – it's loud, right? And this is a really loud year because the NFC East has been so bad. Yeah, I still think division, automatic division bursts should be a thing. It's not very often that this happens where we have a 500 or sub 500 team make the playoffs. The last time it happened was in 2010. And that's a perfect example of why we need it, right? It was the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, they were seven and nine. Uh, they hosted a playoff game against the New Orleans Saints. And what happened in that game, the Seahawks, actually pulled off the upset we had the 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 beast quake with the marshawn lynch run and that was a really fun seattle team that made the playoffs so i I don't think it's worth changing a rule based off of one year every 10 11 seasons and again it would not be all that surprising given the given the way the nfc east has gone this year as if one of these terrible terrible awful teams uh, wins the division Host the home playoff game and then upsets Tom Brady in the first round. I'm actually expecting it at this point. Now. I would love that. And and if we're going to go down this path of eliminating division winners, then you've got to go further and and don't even yeah. have conferences. Just put every team in, crown your top sixteen or however you want to want to do it, seed them accordingly, and then and then play it out. In my opinion, and I don't agree with that. yeah. Do it like a like a college basketball bracket, it, it, right? One through sixteen. Do it that exactly. Way. But I think. See, again, my college roots, I still think the like the regionalization of football is good. I still think there is mm. some pride people have in beating rivals within their division and having that actually mean something and account for something. I don't necessarily think of the NFL playoffs of having to get the best, best X teams in. Like, dude, that sometimes that's just the way it shakes out. Like that's, yes. and that's yes. kind of the fun of it. That's the randomness of it. Like random is okay. I guess my, my point would be, if you're going to do something like this, you got to go all the way. 
And you're going to say, all right, here it is, top 16, bracket every year. And look, that might be okay. But I think I think the way it's set out, if you've been a fan of an NFC, I mean, Marcus, you are, you are and I'd love to get your perspective on this. So you are a Cowboys, uh, you follow them closer than any other mm -hmm. team in the NFL, probably follow the Cowboys closer than most human beings on this earth. You have been going back and forth throughout the year between top five pick and playoff team, which is hilarious. So what has your like emotions been when it comes to the Cowboys specifically? Yeah. So I, initially I wanted the Cowboys to get a top five pick because I wanted them to be able to trade that pick for, you know, a war chest of assets to continue to build their defense. But once it, came, it became pretty clear that the Cowboys weren't going to have a top three or four pick. Yeah. That it's there's really no difference in this draft. And again, you can kind of speak for this from being a college guy from nine to 20 in this draft. There's just not those elite Agreed. defensive playmakers that we have in typical years. There's not a chase young or a miles Garrett. It's all a lot of opt out guys that we don't really know a lot of uh, some kind of underwhelming guys that play this season. So I really don't think there's a big drop at all in talent from seven to 20. So let's go win the division. Let's have an extra game. Let's have a let's host a playoff game against Tom Brady. Obviously, the Cowboys or Washington or the Giants, they're not going to go far into the playoffs. But could they pull off a win sure. and just have one more fun game this season? Why not? Yeah, totally. And and look, I am pushing for this in college to get uh, a Pac-12 team in as an automatic qualifier that wins their conference. I, I think it's good. I think I think it involves more people. And again, it doesn't necessarily, as odd as it seems, it doesn't have to be the best X amount of teams. There's This is about, you know, what's good for the product, what's good for the fans, what's good for the watchability. There's something also completely enjoyable about watching people lose their minds over one of these teams getting in and maybe a team like what, Cleveland or Indy or Arizona or the Rams or Scott. I mean, you've got some teams that have had good years that are going to be out. And guess what? That's that's the way it goes. Okay. Win another it's game. Okay. It happens. I mean, do you don't lose to the Jets, Browns? How about that? Don't lose to the Jets. Yeah, seriously, don't lose to the Jets is a uh, should be a T-shirt, frankly, uh, <laughs> that that everyone uh, could wear. All right, let's transition to awards. Uh, we've talked about the MVP at length over the past what five to eight weeks, Marcus. When it comes to Patrick Mahomes, now an underdog, plus one ninety. Aaron Rodgers minus three thirty. You look at the numbers. Rodgers forty-seven touchdowns, five interceptions, had some absolute bunny throws in the snow uh, the other night in Green Bay. Uh, Mahomes, 40 touchdowns, six interceptions. And Marcus, I find this fascinating. Last four weeks, Rodgers, 14 touchdowns, zero picks. Mahomes, 12 touchdowns, zero picks. Josh Allen right in the mix as well. But as you look at the MVP, we've been pretty bullish on Mahomes. I, I think I've got to retreat at least some of my bullishness now. It looks like this is Rodgers to win. Yeah, probably, but I don't agree with it. I, I strongly disagree with Aaron Rodgers winning this MVP award because Mahomes has more passing yards, and I do think that matters. It's almost like 600 more passing yards, and it's pretty clear what Green Bay is trying to do here. Anytime they get inside like the five-yard line, they're not running the ball oh. with Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon. They're giving Rodgers these little layup throws to Devontae Adams and Robert Tunyon ah. to boost up that touchdown total. It feels a little – Russell Westbrook like to me from what he when he got his MVP award right it's a little fake it's a little artificial where I think everybody knows Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the league right now and yet we're going to give it to somebody else because 
I don't know. We've been doing this I, with I, LeBron I, for like 15 years. Right. He's right. And for LeBron only to have three or four MVPs is absolutely insane. So I, I, I disagree with it, but I got to admit, it's probably going to be Aaron. Rodgers. I actually, this sounds like a man that's sitting on some Holmes MVP tickets, the conspiracy <laughs> offensive. It's a hundred percent. Okay. It. Fair enough. No, I, I kind of agree with you. Yeah. Like the line of scrimmage throw to Devonte Adams, where he just kind of leaps over a yard and a half and goes, we and, know what you're doing, Aaron Rodgers. You don't have to try to fool us. I just, we know what you're doing. I like the, I like the, I think you hit on the point though, regardless of what we think. And Mahomes is the best football player on the planet. It's trending towards Rodgers. Uh, both have been great down the stretch. I actually think you could have sort of a Heisman situation this week where if one guy has a bad game, they're going to lose it. Like, I think it's going to potentially come down to that. It, it could be a fun, we'll see who plays and whatever the heck that looks like. But it could be an interesting t- uh, statistical matchup at the end here. And I'm just going to say it, like Josh Allen's numbers are really close. They're really good. I mean, really close. When you when you compare all three of them side by side, I looked at it this morning, it's jarring what kind of season he's had, even though he's not going to win. Okay. Other awards, coach of the year. And I'll fly through these Marcus and I'll get your, uh, you know, the overview uh, Flores plus 170, McDermott plus 220, Stefanski plus 450. who threw the ball like 80 times, despite not having a wide receiver last week. That was interesting. Defensive player of the year, uh, not JJ Watt, but TJ Watt minus 180, Aaron Donald plus 220, offensive rookie of the year, Herbert might as well be minus 10,000. He's minus 1,200. And Jefferson, Minnesota plus 700, who has been awesome, by the way, but just not Justin Herbert. So when you look at those odds, does anything jump out to you? Do you have any of those tickets, by the way? Any more conspiracy theories for me? <laughs> No, I actually don't. But I think Kevin Stefanski is still a pretty good bet here. You know, if if Cleveland beats Pittsburgh in week 17, and they really should with Mason Rudolph playing in that game, it, this is a Browns team that hasn't made the playoffs in, what, 20 years? It's a team that was 0-16 just a couple of years ago. And for him to, to help turn this franchise into uh, an actual contender, I, I just think that's really good. But it's probably going to be Brian Flores's award. Uh, quickly, Defensive Player of the Year, I think it's going to be T.J. Watt. Uh, my vote would go to Xavier Howard. He's been the best player I've seen all year. Uh, Double-digit turnovers. Offensive Rookie of the Year is Justin Herbert, without question. Uh, McDermott, for me, would be my Coach of the Year. I, I mean, because I don't – when I watch the Dolphins, I think I know how it's going to end. And granted, Flores has pulled some pretty masterful moves that if they blow up, he looks really bad. Like they're like, they're, they're probably going to lose in the wild card round. It's probably not going to be all that competitive either. Right. Yeah, but just wait. It's it a feels. nice story. Though. I mean, that was a really sure, bad team sure. and, and he should be in consideration. Like McDermott, that team is maybe going to win a Super Bowl. Like yeah. Josh Allen has sort of just naturally morphed into like a, a video game cheat code. So in terms of substance, I just feel like they have really done an amazing job. Um, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, who hires Brian Dable because that he's going to get hired. By the way, Marcus, you talk about Herbert and getting that offense from Buffalo for Justin Herbert with some mm. of those weapons. Oh man, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We'll, we'll mix in things here, and I'm sure we'll talk coaching hires as we go. But McDermott for me would be the one. I think Watt has been deserving, and Herbert has been awesome. Rookie records all over the place. I'm really excited to see what a good coach can do with him. And, and who they're going to go after because they have a chance to be really, really, really awesome. All right. As we transition into picks, a disclaimer. I mentioned it off the top. This is tough, 
right? These, some of these games are tough. We try to uh, highlight games where there is playoff significance, but we do have some situations where a Marcus, we've got quarterbacks that are uh, questionable or, or iffy, mm -hmm. as Cliff Kingsbury said about Kyler Murray, which I, it's perfect. Iffy should be the, like the way it's written on the injury <laughs> report. You also have starters potentially playing, not playing. So I just, before we go into our picks, how do you handle these weeks? Like as a, as a gambler, as a handicapper, are you getting your information and early as often as you can? Are you waiting till like that final moment to kick off? Like, what are you trying to do differently this week? To be honest, I'm probably just saving my money for week or for the wild card, you know, week because there's just these games are so random. Every single year, there's teams that wild, you know, weirdly try to win these ones despite being out of contention. We see some teams bench, you know, entire offense and defenses. Uh, so I, unless you have a great, great feel about these games, hold that bankroll, save it for wild card weekend because I don't love any of these games. This I week. would agree with you, and and like the Cardinals Rams is a perfect example of just a weird yes. football game. We'll talk about that, but like since to give some perspective as we were getting ready to do this, um, like that Bills line crashed like three or four points in a matter of a couple hours as we're trying to evaluate are the starters going to play or not and it clearly mm -hmm. by that indication the whole vegas knows thing someone thinks that they are not going to clearly play and right. maybe pittsburgh and, and buffalo but we don't know so it makes this a little bit more difficult but you know what we got to do it anyway so let's kick things off um this one maybe not as difficult uh cowboys minus three and i shouldn't say as difficult because i think it's a tough game to handicap but cowboys minus three at the giants over under is 45 uh, Cowboys six and nine on the year five and 10 against the spread Giants five and 10 eight and seven against the spread that's kind of an odd flip you don't normally see uh, both teams are still alive uh, Marcus Cowboys offense 108 points in the last three weeks the Giants in the same span have scored 26 yikes <laughs> so uh, I mentioned you as our resident Cowboys expert what say you so are you picking Andy Dalton and Mike McCarthy or Daniel Jones and Jason Garrett? This is a lot of fun. I mean, just this a true choose your fighter here. Um, I'm probably going under 45 points. I don't trust either of these teams to score really at all. Uh, I, I have no idea who's going to win this game. Both absolutely need to win to keep their playoffs hope alive. Uh, if they win and Washington loses on Sunday night football, they're in. I have no idea. Uh, honestly, I, I'm just taking the under and, and staying away and watching this train wreck on Sunday afternoon. I kind of think the Giants have mailed this thing in. I mean, it kind it might it, they, they kind of do. I don't know what to make of the Cowboys suddenly surging offenses, but it just feels like the Giants are thinking about golfing or thinking about the offseason, whatever that's going to look like. I mean, that, that offense has really struggled. They've had injuries there, obviously, at quarterback. They've had things go on. I'm going to go Cowboys. Um, there you go. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Cowboys. I don't feel great about it, but I just think – I do think there's some – you know, I see, Marcus, you tweeting about, you know, Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb. Like, there's some weapons here that just sure. – against a team like the Giants, I think can still overwhelm them. I don't feel great about it, and that's going to be a theme for these top – really, these five picks, most of the picks this week. But we got to pick them. Like, this is a segment where we got to put our name on something. Yeah. And uh, I like the Cowboys minus three, sort of. Um, can, can I give you Can I give you a number that will help you out a little yes. bit, at least make you feel a little bit more comfortable? Yes. The Cowboys have now won seven straight games against the New York Giants. They're not afraid of this team. Wow. Daniel Jones has played absolutely terrible against Dallas in his career. Jason Garrett in these kind of winner-go-home games. 
pretty awful. <laughs> as, a, as a former Jason Garrett watcher, pretty terrible, very conservative in these games. Uh, I like your your confidence in the Cowboys. Yeah, and then he's there still to haunt us on the sideline in this one. <laughs> uh, okay, speaking of bad football, uh, or, or this one, I guess, I don't know. This one's at least a little intriguing. Washington football team, which I hope they come up with a name soon, by the way. Just I'm getting, sure. It's weird seeing WFT yeah. all the time. Um, minus one at the Eagles, uh, over under 42 and a half. Um, Washington six and nine, eight, six and one against the spread. Eagles four, ten and one, five and ten against the spread. Yikes, five and ten against the spread. Not great. Jalen Hurts Marcus has been a spark, but it really didn't translate in too much. And then on the Washington side, they basically lost back-to-back football games the same exact way. 20 to 13, mm-hmm. 20 to 15. You had the Haskins situation going on. You've got Alex Smith. Again, that is questionable. So you're talking about a backup from Old Dominion. I mean, there's some there's some fun starting quarterbacks being thrown around here this week. Uh, this is a fascinating game. And yes, I don't mean that in a great way. What do you think here? Yeah, I disagree with your word fun in regards to some of these starting quarterbacks. Yeah, I kind of like the Eagles here, right? I I feel like they're not going to mail this game in. It's in Philadelphia. Uh, Jim Schwartz, their defensive coordinator, has talked about this being a no-hat game, which basically means they don't want one of their division rivals putting on that NFC East championship hat you know, inside their own stadium. So I think the Eagles are going to play with a ton of passion in this game. And look, I think Doug Peterson could be playing for his job. I think Jalen Hurts could be playing for his starting job. They got Deshaun Jackson back, and he was a spark in their offense last week. I think if Philadelphia can get to that 20-point number, I think they're going to win this week. So I'm taking the Eagles here. I like the Eagles too. Um, I think the Washington quarterback situation is is just a mess. Um, I do think Hurts is doing some really good things. Again, the Cowboys, I mean, defensively, Washington can't do what Dallas did last week. They just, they're just not going to be able to do that. No, I know that's not no. saying a ton about either, but that's just the reality of the situation. And yes, if Washington wins, they're in. I mean, this is a unique game. We start to get into those stakes and we start to play like psychologist here of what if it does feel like Washington has more pressure on them in this game. Totally. Right. And, and I would think, and I think Philadelphia is going to play a little bit more relaxed. And I think, I would think this line would be a little bit bigger, frankly, when I saw it, I thought that was very interesting. I really am excited to see what Hertz does though. And, and this is, I think you bring up a good point. This is a really interesting game for Philly for not playoff reasons. There's some long-term impacts on this yes. franchise that you could probably uh, potentially take away from this. Okay. I have been, uh, reluctantly excited to talk about this next game Cardinals at Rams minus one over under 42 and a half Arizona is eight and seven seven and eight against the spread the Rams nine and six eight and seven against the spread you've got playoff intrigue and you've got uh, quarterback intrigue galore Kyler Murray is iffy so you're talking about Chris is it Strievler? Uh, he's a Strievler, yep. CFL. I want to make sure I'm getting his last name right. CFL versus John Wolford of the um, Allegiance or the Alliance of American Football, the AAF. That's what we have here, potentially, Marcus, is CFL, AAF, playoff spot on the line. It's uh, just a dumpster fire of bad. What say you here? I think I'm taking the Cardinals on the chance that Kyler Murray plays. Now, he's probably not going to be able to run a lot with that lower leg injury. Uh, but I do think he's going to try to play in this game. I don't like the way the Rams have looked at all over the last couple of weeks. And I think 
whenever you have an injury to your quarterback like they have in Jared Goff, it's just very deflating for an entire team. And I think the Rams are suddenly coming to the realization that even if they win this game, they're not going very far in the NFC. So I'm taking I'm taking the Cardinals to win and win pretty easily. I like them by a touchdown in this game. I'm going to take the under. I think you've got an electric player who's going to be injured if he plays. And I don't know if he's going to play. You're right. He's probably going to give it a try. But you've got CFL, AAF, and the total shows because if, if these two teams are healthy, what, you probably add eight to ten points on that total? Yeah, easily. Uh, you know, so I, I think that's the case. Again, realistically, if you're trying to handicap this game, this is where it gets incredibly difficult. You're playing on coach speak, right? You're trying to understand if, if what McVay is telling you is real, if Kingsbury, what he's telling you is real. You're, you're trying to evaluate backup quarterbacks where the film is limited. If you're going that far, good luck. This is a good luck game, and it's just completely strange that there are still pretty significant playoff implications uh, attached to this one and be interesting to see. But I'll probably wait until – uh, till game time to figure out where I stand. I still think I'm going to get the under though, because I just don't think Kyler yeah. Murray, if he plays is going to be healthy. Okay. Right. Um, good to go. Good to, good to keep moving. Yeah, All right. Now this is where we start to play, not psychologists, um, but we strategists. Okay. This is where we morph. We put on a different hat Steelers at Browns minus nine and a half over under 42 and a half. We talked about the Buffalo game coming down. Um, this is a line that's going up for the Browns. So even though they lose against the Jets, that number is on its way up. And Marcus, that tells me uh, somebody thinks that the, that obviously starters are going to potentially be benched, right? Like that's what we're looking at here. Yeah, we know uh, we know no Ben Roethlisberger in this game like for against the Browns, right? Uh, so it's going to be Mason Rudolph. Um, <laughs> But I still like I still like Pittsburgh in this game. I think they're going to have some pride, right? They have not played well over the last couple of weeks. They had a good second half against the Colts. Good for them. Go win in week 17, knock the Browns out of the playoffs. And I also think, you know, by beating the Browns, they'll also avoid the Ravens because of some weird seating. So I think Pittsburgh is going to beat them, uh, but I'm taking them plus nine and a half. If that jumps up to 10, I'm all over it. You've got the other side too. We don't know who's going to be ready for the Browns. You've got a team that looked really bad against the Jets. I think the biggest thing was the running game struggling, right? Uh, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with you on the points here. This feels like an overreaction. It feels like people trying to get in uh, to understand where the good information is. I, I just can't, given what I watched last week with Cleveland, lay that kind of points here, even if we have the backups ready to play. So they have a negative point differential this season. Why in the world should they be 10 point favorites over anybody this season? I'm why I don't get it. I I mean, it it was that, that Cleveland game last week. And again, they're playing under unique circumstances. So I'm not going to draw too much from that unless the jets are like going to win the Super Bowl next year, which they probably will. (laughs) Um, I mean, that was just a really, really bad game. So I think this is a bit of a bit of an overreaction. So I'll take the point. And I was going to say much like that Washington game that we just got done talking about, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Cleveland to win this game. And I think Cle- or I think Pittsburgh, with a lot of their backups in and guys like Mason Rudolph, uh, who really have nothing to lose, they're going to play relaxed. So I would not be surprised at all if this is one of these games that's like Pittsburgh's up 17-10 with three minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. I just I don't trust this Cleveland team at all uh, to win big games yet. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. And I think it'll be interesting to see where this spread moves over the course of the week as well. Um, okay, and the last one, very similar circumstances. Uh, circumstances. Miami at Buffalo. Buffalo minus one and a half 
over under at 46 Miami 10 and 5 11 and 4 against the spread even though they didn't cover last week Buffalo 12 and 3 10 and 5 against the spread both of these teams uh on fire if you've been backing them Buffalo mm-hmm. 5 and 0 in the last 5 Miami 4 and the 1 and they just had that one this week um so we know that two is starting, right? Well, we think so. So again, <laughs> we so that's, that's the uniqueness with this. And we mentioned that the line has come down. Buffalo was what four and a half or five early, four and a half. early yep. in the morning of when we're filming this, that came down four points, which tells me everything we need to know. And for the dolphins, this is a win and you're in situation after such a crazy game with the Raiders. So how good are the Buffalo backups, right? We're back playing this game once again. Yeah, I mean, how much faith do you have in Matt Barkley of the uh, Buffalo Bills? I, I have Fight none, on. just to let you know. Uh, I do think there are some things that we have to factor in here, right? Cole Beasley got hurt late in this game against uh, against the Patriots. I wonder if that's going to spook Sean McDermott just a little bit yep. into resting their starters or maybe, maybe even only having them play a half because – it's not worth having Stefan Diggs or somebody like that nicked up going into the next round. So maybe Josh Allen and those guys will start. I, I don't anticipate them finishing this game because for Buffalo, all that really matters is if they win, they're the two seed. If they lose and Pittsburgh wins, they're the three seed. But we just got done talking about Pittsburgh. We know they're resting Ben Roethlisberger. So if Buffalo thinks that they can rest their guys and remain the number two seed, I think they'll do that. I'm taking Miami here, who's actually had a little bit longer of a break. Uh, You know, they played on Saturday night. Uh, Buffalo played on Monday night, a little shorter week for the Bills. I'm taking the Dolphins. I'm going to take the under. I don't know how much Tua is going to love Buffalo in uh, December slash January, right? Like, I I don't know how well that's going to mesh. I think this is going to be low scoring. I think this is going to look like basically pretty much most Dolphins games uh, we've watched over the last two months, where it's kind of a meat grinder. I think I don't think you're going to see a huge offensive output from Miami just yet. I'm really curious to see how they handle this situation. And again, who knows? Maybe Buffalo just kind of uh, lets the, the floodgates open and Miami wins this one easily. I'm with you. If I were going to take the side, I would take Miami. I just think this is going to be low scoring, um, mm-hmm. classic, what, what you might expect from it. I think we're going to get here. And, and, and I'm really interested, not from a betting perspective. Well, maybe if this is a playoff team, Miami, Tua Fitzpatrick, how do you continue to navigate this, right? This is not a long-term thing. It's a short-term thing. I still find it completely fascinating, Marcus, to see what Flores does in moments and how that's going to, you know, what's that going to do to Tua? And not to get into the whole thing, but it's really interesting to see how he plays this. Yeah, I have a feeling if Miami does make the playoffs, they're going to go with Fitzpatrick because I think Brian Flores knows he gives them the best chance to win. Even though Tua is more athletic and make plays outside the pocket, having somebody like Ryan Fitzpatrick, especially let's say let's say they play Pittsburgh in round one of the playoffs, you're going to want someone who is a veteran who has seen all those different blitzes and can navigate uh, some of their pressure. I think we'll see Tua this week, probably Fitzpatrick in the first round of the playoffs. I think that's a good point. Um, okay, so to recap, before we get into rapid fire, Cowboys at Giants. You like the under. I like the Cowboys. Like is a a relative word uh, in some of these. Uh, Washington at Eagles. You've got the Eagles. I've got the Eagles. So we're trying to get our big parlay together. We've got at least one piece. Cardinals at Rams. You've got the cards. I have the under. So we're not 
countering each other mutts here. Uh, yet Steelers at Browns, uh, Steelers with the points, uh, both of us on the Steelers there in the Miami at Buffalo. Uh, you've got Miami and I have the under. All right. So rapid fire again, last week, motivation. A lot of these guys, golf clubs are in the trunk. They've got tea times <laughs> set up. So let's, let's get back into our psychologist role and kick things off. Jags at Colts, Colts minus 14 over under 50 the jags are going to get trevor lawrence i'm not at all bitter about it marcus what do you have i've got the under here and i also kind of like the jaguars to cover the spread but uh under 50 points i just don't see any way jacksonville scores more than 10 13 can the colts get to 30 35 i think so uh but i like the under by quite a bit i'm gonna take the colts i watched the jags bears in its entirety last week it was really sad um, I think tank initiated, it went extremely well for them. I, I just think Indy still has something to play for. They're going to put up massive points. Uh, Glennon just uh, real bad. I mean, just, just real, real bad. All overall. I agree. Uh, our next game is the green Bay Packers against the Chicago bears. Green Bay is playing for the number one seed. Chicago's trying to get into the playoff hunt. Uh, Packers five and a half point favorites. Who do you have? I'm going to take the Packers. There's a lot of love for the bears. I pronounced them dead a couple of weeks ago uh, in my weekly video. Uh, I I think I'd like to recant a little bit of that Packers still to me are a better team. And even in the bears game against the Jags, Mitch Trubisky with a couple of those, Oh my God moments. You can't have that in this week. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, 20-5 and five career against the Chicago Bears, pass rating of 102. Uh, he just kills the he just kills Chicago. So I'm taking the Packers with ease here. Okay, both of us on the Packers. Uh, Ravens minus 11.5 at the Bengals, over under 44.5. We got. This one's closer. We've seen before the Bengals, uh, you know, ruin the, the Ravens' playoff chances before. They're actually playing pretty well. Uh, back-to-back wins. Uh, I'm just going to take the the Ravens money line here. I know there's absolutely no value in it, uh, but that number 11 and a half scares me a little I'm bit. I'm going to go over. I, I think for the reasons you mentioned, I think Baltimore's offense. How about Des Bryant? Back-to-back yeah, weeks go. with a touchdown. Des. Uh, and Bengals are scoring a little bit. They've got some nice young weapons. they got to get Joe Burrow back. They have to protect him. Uh, I'll go over there. Um, I like it. Let's go to the next one. How about the Atlanta Falcons against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Uh, the Buccaneers are six and a half point favorites in this game. They're really locked into that number five seed for the most part. Uh, they don't have a ton to play for, but I think they want to be crisp going into the playoffs. Who do you have in this one? How about Tom Brady, by the way? The fact that he, re- how about how Tom he Brady? refuses to age. It's kind of annoying. Uh, I'm going to go over again, back-to-back overs. Uh, I thought Atlanta was pretty game with the Chiefs. Uh, it wasn't an offensive output. I, I'm with you on Tampa Bay and kind of the motivation. I think Atlanta will find ways to score. Uh, so I'll, I'll go over here for, for back-to-back overs. I like it. Uh, I, I think I'm taking Tampa Bay as well. I'm, they're going to, I think they're just going to kill Atlanta. Atlanta just looks so bad. I know, I know they stuck with Kansas city last week. Uh, but man, that offense for whatever reason is just, it looks so clunky right now. Don't expect Julio Jones to be back. So I'm looking at a game in which Tampa Bay scores 30, 35 points. Seahawks at 49ers, 49ers minus five and a half over under 47 and a half. What do you have? I, I kind of like the way the 49ers looked last week. Seattle, uh, they locked up the division. They really can't go any higher yep. than number two. 
Uh, I think they're going to want to rest some guys, especially on defense. They've got a ton of older guys on defense. So I'm taking the 49ers uh, in this game. I think Seattle's just going to rest a bunch of guys. Agreed. I think this will be close. I think uh, 49ers, to put on my psychologist hat, are a team that are going to want to finish with some pride. Um, yes. There's not much for Seattle to do here other than don't get some of your key guys hurt. I will say Seattle's defense, evolution's been pretty unbelievable over the last Didn't better. Yeah, it has. It's been a lot better over the second half of the season. It's just thought that team has been completely different offensively, defensively. I'm curious what we get uh, from them out of the playoffs. And our final game is the Tennessee Titans, seven and a half point favorites against the Houston Texans. Again, the Titans have to win to make the playoffs. Uh, who do you have in this? I'm going to take Titans. I think the Texans are in um, a really, and, and by the way, the Dolphins are hoping I'm right. Uh, Titans big. Uh, they had some moments. That Green Bay game, you're in the snow. Aaron yeah. Rodgers throws a couple of beautiful balls. It just kind of rolls downhill. And I'm not saying I'm a huge believer in the Titans. I just think they're going to bounce back a little bit bigger. And if you're the Texans, you know, J.J. Watt had that in inspired speech. Hey, that's great. Um, I think a lot of guys probably saw that and are thinking, yeah, I'm about done with this year anyway, man. So thank you, but no thank you, J.J. Watt. I'll take the Titans minus seven and a half. Yeah, didn't we have this exact same scenario play out last year where the Titans had to win in week 17 to get into the playoffs and what they rode Derrick Henry. They got a little hot as the season ended and then they made it all the way to the AFC Championship game. So I'm expecting the same. I'm taking the Titans seven and a half. Really quickly, Adam, before we go, if I set the over under at like 130 rushing yards for Derrick Henry this week against the 32nd ranked run defense of the Texans, which side are you taking? Over. I mean, I, he's going to have <laughs> – he's not – this is not a fresh for the playoff situation now. Absolutely not. <laughs> You know, so this is like – this is your best high school back, and if you have to give it to him 33 times, I mean, right there, I think he's going to fall forward for about probably 50 or 60 yards on those carries alone. So this feels like one of those 200-yard games, three touchdowns for Derrick Henry. It, it right? really does. Like this is essentially that playoff game. I, it, it's just against yep. a really bad team. Yep. And in probably an unmotivated team. So, okay. So our, our not so big parlay as it's being written in the doc, I don't know. We had, we had some, uh, some synergy later in the picks, even if it wasn't in the front. Five. I like, I feel great about this parlay. I, I do way. too. Okay. Uh, Eagles uh, plus uh, Pittsburgh uh, uh, with the points, the Packers to cover 49ers to cover and the Titans to cover. So there's no, there's no totals in here, which I think is a first. So Eagles, great. Pittsburgh, Packers, 49ers, and Titans. That is $25 to win 609 bucks. Have we, I don't even think we've tracked if we've won one of these. I'm going to assume no. And I'm being <laughs> I like told this one no, though, right? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I like this one quite a bit. Like you, you, you get a little gift card or a little, uh, a little money from your grandma at Christmas. You didn't get that PlayStation 5 you were hoping to get underneath the Christmas tree. You, you, you bet this, you win it, you, you go buy your PlayStation 5 for New Year's. I like this one a lot. I've, I've been confirmed <laughs> that we have not won one of these, um, which is good to know. We have been doing all right, with the exception of my yeah, picks last week. So, um, all right, so uh, any takeaways, Marcus? This is week 17. We've talked about kind of the, the, the challenges. I think your advice, I'll go back to it, is you know proceed with caution. I, I think if, you, if you're on social media, wherever you find us, you know, following beat writers of certain teams, that's for me what I've always done with college. And I think in the NFL, it applies to, to try and garner information. The people that covers teams specifically know these rosters, know these coaches better than just about anybody. So my advice would be 
before you make this decision, try to understand who's going to play, maybe follow some people that are around this team every day. And then it's going to be a leap of faith at some point when it comes to some of these games, is it not? Yeah, it is. Uh, you're you're really going to be betting on a lot of bad teams, bad quarterbacks. It, it's gonna we're gonna have some weather in some of these games, so don't spend up a lot of your bankroll. Save it. Uh, save it for the college football playoffs. That's that's the the way to do it, right? A little Alabama Clemson money line action. I like that better than betting on some of these. Games. All right, so I'm going to go to you, my resident NFC East expert. We like the Eagles over Washington. So you're looking at, is that mean your Dallas Cowboys are, are playoff bound? Like what, what are we looking at here? No, I think, I think the Giants are ultimately going to win against the Cowboys and they're going to be the ones to sneak into the playoffs. So we're going to get, how, how fantastic would this be, Adam? We're going to get the New York Giants with Joe Judge against Tom Brady. Uh, Tom Brady's biggest, you know, adversary in his entire NFL career. Wouldn't that be something if the New York Giants knock off Tom Brady in the first round of the playoffs? I, uh, I would adore that. And I'd love how mad <laughs> people are going to be about it. As you look at the rest. So we like the Titans to, to win and get in, right? I mean, that's another game yep. that minus seven and a half that we like. As we look at Arizona, the Rams and Chicago, we have Chicago losing. There's all sorts of playoff scenarios, by the way. Like you, you've sure. got to, we have to go look and they've got great percentages all over the plates markets. I've been looking at those charts all weeks, but, but who else are you, are you targeting? And specifically, I guess, in the NFC, Arizona, Rams, Chicago, what else do you have in there? Yeah, I think Arizona is going to get one of the wild card spots. And I think probably, I think Chicago is going to be out. I, it's it's a weird. Yes. So we've got Tampa Bay is the five seed, yeah. right? I think the Rams and the Cardinals are the six and seven seed here. It's going to be kind of ugly. I don't know if those games are going to be great in the playoffs, but I do think the Rams and the Cardinals are going to find a way uh, to both make the playoffs. I think that'd be fascinating. By the way, Bears making the playoffs, I think would be intriguing. That offense is is cooking. Despite Mitch, uh, Trubisky's best efforts to throw the ball away still at times, I'm very curious if they make the playoffs, what they do organizationally, right? Like Matt Nagy, GM, quarterback. There's a lot of things I know locally here hanging in the balance. So I think it'll be very interesting to see what happens. All right. A reminder, uh, follow us across social media. Uh, we're, we're really getting things started. We're enjoying doing it. Marcus, I've been loving the videos that you're doing. What else do you have going on here as we wrap up the regular season? Yeah, I've got my top five running backs uh, right now Ooh. in the NFL. That's coming out in the next couple of days. Uh, we got mailbags. We got betting trends. NBA content is back with the NBA season off uh, or starting off. So uh, make sure you guys are tuned in to everything at the game day. Winners and losers on my end, which was a lot of fun this week. Talking about Tom Brady, talking about Des Bryant like the uh the veteran convention if you will in in getting some of these guys involved um participate in the debates what do you guys think is the new england dynasty dead it is tell us why we're right tell us why we're wrong in this instance we're right uh we'll have more guests on we're gonna have plenty of playoff uh content coming and then also this week in particular gameday.com Go shop, see what affiliates have to offer in terms of lines. We've seen a ton of movement already. We're going to continue to see a ton of movement. You might be able to grab lines before they move in other places. So you're going to want to be checking that stuff out regularly. Um, Marcus, really appreciate it. Uh, hopefully you get some more sleep. Hopefully you are coffee infused and looking forward to talking, uh, talking some playoffs here coming up. Should be fun. Absolutely. Everybody have a great new year. We will see you guys next time. Likewise. Take care, everybody.